On today's episode, Marc-Andre Fleury gave it his all in net last night, stopping 46 of the 48 shots that he faced, but the Blackhawks still wind up losing 2-1 to one in overtime to the Boston Bruins. Then, I'll also get into some of the latest updates surrounding the Blackhawks with the trade deadline approaching, and also some whispers of what the front office is hoping to net in return for a couple players that are currently listed on the trade block. To wrap things up, I'll also get into former second-round pick Alex Vlasic inking his entry-level contract with the Hawks on Tuesday morning. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, March 16th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show the show. Go and show some support first by following the podcast. Literally take a quick click of the button. It'll help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And you can also leave me a review too. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then definitely be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because from here on out, folks, each episode is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Go and smash the like button. I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to turn on those notifications so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks squared off with the Boston Bruins for the second time within a week. And uh, my, oh my, what a dreadful performance that they put together last night, despite managing to get this one to overtime. It was um, honestly one of the worst performances I've seen from them this season, and that's really saying something. But before I get into the good stuff on today's show, folks, I got to remind you all that the episode is sponsored by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now to save both time and money while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. So last night, the Blackhawks fall 2-1 to one to the Bruins in overtime. Uh, and as I already mentioned, this was the second meeting within the last week between these two teams. And in the first meeting up in Boston uh, last Thursday, the Hawks, aside from surrendering uh, a couple of power play goals in the second period, they really did put together a, a pretty strong showing on the road against a playoff team in the top-heavy Eastern Conference, only to get their hearts broken 
in the final 17 seconds of regulation because, of course, so the Hawks really deserved better than what they got in that opening meeting last Thursday, but they certainly didn't deserve better in the game they played last night. The only reason that this was even close and wound up getting to overtime is solely due to the performance that Marc-Andre Fleury had in net. And it was pretty clear from the get-go. I mean, the Bruins came with a strong push right out of the gate, but uh, Fleury, he was on top of his A-game all night long. It was pretty evident that he was going to have a solid performance with the way that he got off to a roaring start. Uh, And honestly, thank the heavens that he was on top of his A-game because this really could have been uh, a five or six to nothing schlacking in favor of the Bruins last night. Uh, especially with how dominant they were in those opening 40 minutes. It, it was pretty pretty terrible. I believe the Hawks got outshot 14-4 to four in the first period and then went on to get outshot 21-7 to seven in the second period as well. They were super sloppy, um, couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. I mean, the passing all night long was actually atrocious. I was literally screaming at my TV because these guys couldn't make a tape-to-tape pass. They couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. They were struggling to get anything going in transition. Even the top line of DeBrinckit, Stroman, Kane really had nothing going on for the most part, sure. They cycled the puck well in the offensive zone, but they really had a hard time uh, generating any sustained pressure, getting entered into the offensive zone to set themselves up. Um, So... It was a pretty poor, especially the first 40 minutes were really poor. Uh, but thanks to Flurry just being an absolute monster in net, uh, this game somehow remained scoreless heading into the third period. Marc Andre Flurry stopped all 35 shots that he faced in the opening 40 minutes. You heard me correctly, folks. The Blackhawks gave up 35 shots on goal in the opening 40 minutes of this game. Um, I really have nothing good to say about the Blackhawks from those first two periods other than the effort that Marc-Andre Fleury gave in net. Uh, it was just clearly a matchup between teams that are just on completely different levels at this point and at completely different stages uh, as a franchise right now. The Bruins would eventually, uh, in the third period, go on to squeak one through Fleury after kind of a, a mad scramble in front of the net. Patrice Bergeron wound up knocking the puck out of midair to give Boston a one nothing lead. Uh, and honestly, with how terrible the Blackhawks were playing, I figured that was going to be good enough to be the game winner for the Bruins. Surprisingly, the Hawks proved me, and I'm sure a lot of people wrong as well, uh, by tying the game one-to-one to make things interesting there in the third. Uh, Brandon Hagel redirects a shot home for his 21st goal of the season and also Uh, his fourth in the last four games. So Hagel, baby, keeps on pushing towards that 30 goal mark. I know there's been rumors about Hagel potentially being traded, but with the way he's played recently, you got to think the only way the Hawks are going to move him is if someone else is really offering the bag, basically. Uh, He's been incredible, not only with the goal scoring, but his tenacity. He's a great defensive player. He hustles all over the place. He's literally the energizer bunny out there. Um, So despite the Blackhawks offense pretty much being stymied all night long, nice surprise that Hagel was able to find the back of the net on a nice redirect. Uh, And Caleb Jones, by the way, was the one to pick up the primary assist on Hagel's goal. 
Uh, that now gives little Jonesy points in three consecutive games, as well as eight points in his last nine. So uh, after, you know, being injured to open up the season and kind of getting off to a slow start once he did return to the lineup, it's good to see uh, Caleb and that offense finally coming around. The defense still needs a little bit of work, uh, but the offensive side of his game is starting to finally all come together. So. Despite getting throttled all night long, the Hawks did find a way to tie this game up one-to-one in the third period. Uh, the Bruins actually, it appeared that they took uh, a two-to-one lead just a couple of minutes later, but uh, thanks to a questionable goaltender interference call that even got reviewed, uh, I think in most folks' opinion, this was not goaltender interference. I'm not really sure uh, what goalie interference even is at this point. If that was goaltender interference, but uh, the Blackhawks catch a huge break, um, and they actually wound up heading to the power play with a little bit under five minutes to go in regulation. It was like, oh my, are, are they going to steal this one? Despite getting absolutely dominated all night, all night long, uh, unfortunately though, they really couldn't get much going on the man advantage. Passing really was just so sloppy, even on the man advantage. They were trying to force passes that just weren't making a lot of sense. Nothing was clean. Um, nothing was tape to tape. It, it was really frustrating that Blackhawks kind of blew that opportunity uh, late in the game to vault ahead when they had no business even being close in this one. Uh, so the game did wind up heading to overtime thanks to Marc-Andre Fleury again. Uh, but in OT, it didn't take very long for the Bruins to rattle off the game winner. A poor decision by Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane in coverage. They both wound up taking the same guy up high. That gives Boston a uh, two-on-one, and then Taylor Hall finds Matt Grizzlick for an open net. Literally nothing Flurry could do on that one. And the Hawks wind up falling two-to-one in the extra frame despite Marc-Andre Flurry doing his best, tying a career high with 46 saves. Uh, but unlike the rest of his teammates, Flurry deserved a whole lot better and what he received last night was more deserving of an overtime loss. The execution and uh, the effort level in front of him just simply was not good enough. The team in front of him dropped the ball. And you heard the disappointment in their voices when talking to the media after the game. They know this isn't the first time that Marc-Andre Fleury has, hung, has kept them around in uh, a game they have no business being in. So disappointing that they weren't able to uh, sneak out a win for Flower last night. No surprise, though, with the way that they play, that they come out on the losing end. Two to one in overtime, uh, even though Marc-Andre Fleury had arguably his best performance all season long. All right, there are some quick thoughts on the Blackhawks' frustrating and disappointing loss to the Boston Bruins last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into a report on what the Hawks' front office is hoping to receive for a couple of players that are currently listed on the trade block. But first. I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Football season may be over, but Bet Online still has way more odds and info for both pro and college hoops, which of course is now just about to begin March Madness. From game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just basketball. From the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all 
the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the number one is is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment two now today. I also wanted to be sure uh, to kind of discuss a recent article that was written by Scott Powers of The Athletic where uh, he talked about what the Blackhawks front office is kind of hoping to receive for a couple players that are currently on the trade block. And just last week, actually, on the show, uh, I went over what I kind of believe the Hawks will be or could be potentially receiving for players like Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubalik, um, Calvin DeHaan, Ryan Carpenter, et cetera. And I just kind of wanted to go over that once again here today and to also kind of compare that to what Scott Powers is hearing from the front office regarding these players. First, Marc-Andre Fleury. One thing to note is that last night potentially could have been his final start at the UC or even with the Chicago Blackhawks for that matter um, because for the sake of the rebuild, the Blackhawks are undoubtedly going to try and move Marc-Andre Fleury if he gives them permission to do so. And, and for the sake of the rebuild, you know, the Blackhawks, uh, I, that, us Blackhawks fans got to hope this winds up being true, that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to get moved before Monday because it sure sounds like the team could be netting a first-round pick for him, especially uh, after how well he played last night. Um, of course, there's so many factors that, that play into this here. Um, Fleury has said he wants to go somewhere where a team is going to offer him a contract after this season. He still wants to play next year. But he doesn't want to, you know, go from Vegas to Chicago to another city for half a year and then to another city the following season, which makes sense. He's a family guy. He said that's a huge priority for him since he's been here in Chicago. Um, so that's a factor that plays into this. Flurry likely will only get traded to a place that's willing to give him a contract extension after this season. Also, you know, he's got that 10 team no trade clause and how many teams does he actually want to do? Actually want to go to? I'm not so sure that there's all that many in consideration right now. And then also, you know, whatever team Flurry is interested in, and uh, they're interested in him. Kyle Davidson and their GM still have to find a way to make a deal work. So uh, it really is kind of a complicated matter. And honestly, because of that, I do believe uh that flurry is more likely to remain in chicago than not at this point but if he is willing to get moved which still up in the air we still don't know for sure uh and i really do believe the front office is going to do everything in their power in order to get it done knowing how valuable those potential assets could be in return going forward but for a player like dylan strome who is still currently on the trade block at least according to scott powers uh, apparently, the Blackhawks are hoping to be getting a second-round pick in exchange for Strom at the deadline. And when I talked about Strom last week and what I thought the Blackhawks would be able to net in return for him, I said it would more most likely be a third-round pick 
in my opinion. And honestly, I'm probably sticking to that here because I just don't see anyone out there giving giving up a second round pick for Strom straight up. Even though um you know, he's been playing so well since actually getting an opportunity inside the Blackhawks top 6. I know it's been a real successful last couple of months for Stromer, um but there still still are plenty of concerns about his game, mostly his speed and his ability to play down the middle for a Stanley Cup contender. The pace of his game has really always been a concern also. Uh, the inconsistency throughout the years, I know that kind of goes hand in hand to Jeremy Colleton being reluctant to use him in a position where we know he can succeed in. Um, but I think teams are also going to be wary about those consistency issues over the past couple of years. Um, I just kind of feel like a second is a little bit far-fetched at this point. Um, but of course, if the Hawks do wind up trading him, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed that they'll be able to maximize the most out of this deal and get a second in return. Um, I feel like the only way that's going to happen, though, I don't feel like that's going to happen straight up for Dylan Strome, um, especially considering, you know, uh, he, he could only be a rental player. Who knows what his future is going to be as an RFA? Maybe the team who acquires him, if that happens, of course, maybe they want to keep him on long term. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't know where their finances are going to be. So I feel like straight up, a second round pick for Dylan Strome probably isn't going to happen, but it could if the Blackhawks are willing to sweeten the pot a little bit or um, maybe take on a, a bad contract from that team in return as well. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening there. I personally am still not on the trade Dylan, Dylan Strome trade train, I should say. Um, but, you know, if that if that's the decision that Davidson winds up making, uh, they have to be willing to do whatever it takes to maximize this deal and get as many future assets as possible. And I believe the only way to get a second for Dylan Strom is if they're willing to sweeten the deal or take out another bad contract. And two other players who the Hawks are actually hoping to get second round picks for as well is both uh, Dominic Kubalik and Calvin DeHaan. And honestly, um, this kind of feels laughable to me. I'm not going to lie. And I know first for Kubalik, he's a former 30 goal scorer. Only a couple years ago, he was a finalist for the Calder trophy. Um, but <laughs> with the kind of year that he's having and the shoot, all of his numbers, not just the shooting percentage, let's be honest, all of his numbers are down right now. And even last night, the Blackhawks played him on the fourth line with um, Mackenzie Whistle and Philip Kurashev. Not exactly sure that's the best route to go when you're trying to get the most for him as possible within the next week. Uh, so I, I really just don't seeing a second round pick being possible for Dominic Kubalik. There's also the fact that Kubi will need to be offered at least $4 million on his qualifying offer in the offseason. So probably just a rental for another team that's looking to add a little bit to their goal scoring department. I, I just don't see anyone giving up a second for Kubalik at this point. And I also don't see anyone giving up a second round pick for Calvin DeHaan either. I know he's a veteran defenseman with a ton of experience. He, he's a guy who's willing to sacrifice his body in any way possible for the greater good of the team. Um, but he's still probably, in my opinion, at least 
a third pairing defenseman on a Stanley Cup contender. So with that being the case, I second round pick, man, I, I just don't see that happening for Calvin Hahn. And honestly, I don't even know if a third round pick is possible for Calvin DeHaan. Uh, it does seem far more likely than a second. Um, but even that kind of feels out of reach, in my opinion. I mean, Calvin has not been, let's, let's be honest, he just really hasn't been all that good since coming to Chicago. There's a ton of injury woes. He's had multiple surgeries on his shoulder. And even with when he has been healthy, um, aside from, you know, being a warrior and willing to block literally any shot, um, he struggled and has not been the shutdown defenseman that I think the Blackhawks were hoping for when they acquired him. This year in particular, when he's been healthy for the majority of the season, I, I thought he's just been a little bit underwhelming and doesn't provide any offense at all. I know that's not his game, but to be giving up a second round pick for that type of player, I just don't see another NHL team doing that right now. So um, while Davidson you know, is wanting to get the most out of his players at the deadline, which I certainly understand. Uh, I'm just not so sure he's going to be getting his wishes unless the Blackhawks are able to sweeten the pot a little bit. Um, If not, you know, it's hard to imagine all three or potentially even any of those three that I just mentioned, Strom, Kubelik, or Calvin DeHaan, netting a second round pick in return before Monday's trade deadline. All right, there are some thoughts on what the Blackhawks are hoping to get in exchange for a couple players currently listed on the trade block. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into 20-year-old defenseman Alex Vlasic signing his entry-level contract with the team on Tuesday morning. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto, auto parts customers online and do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to save both time and money while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, from motor oil to tail lamps and even carpet. And you can also choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much money and time for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up, I also wanted to get into Blackhawks 2019 second round pick Alex Vlasic, a six foot six left handed defenseman, signing his entry level contract with the team on Tuesday following the conclusion of his junior season with Boston University. Excuse me, folks. But Vlasic is um, 
actually someone I've I've been in, intrigued by since the Hawks took him 43rd overall back in 2019. He was a guy I was really hoping would still be on the board when the Hawks got on the clock, and then I was super pumped when they wound up taking him as uh, the, their second pick of the draft. But the reason or reasons I've been so intrigued by Vlasic is well. Of course, uh, the incredible size that he has on the back end, six foot six, and he was six foot six when he was still just 17 years old. Um, but for being so big, he actually does move pretty well for, you know, having such a long stride and uh, a big body. I wouldn't say that skating is like the strong suit of his game or anything, but he is capable at least so far in his career, and there's belief he will be able to keep up at the NHL level as well uh, for, for being so massive. And also, Mark, um, <laughs> Alex is uh, the cousin of longtime San Jose Sharks defenseman Mark Edward Vlasic, who is known as one of the best shutdown D-men in the prime of his career. And Alex kind of uh, provides it kind of brings the same mentality to the table as well. Maybe that shutdown defenseman just runs in the Vlasic blood uh, because Alex is, you know, a hard nosed defensive defenseman first. He's very responsible in his own zone. Um, maybe not the most physical for being so large, but uh, hopefully, you know, that's something he kind of grows into more and more as he gets more mature uh, and also kind of adds some weight and muscle going forward now that he's turning pro. Um, so I think he has a frame that the Blackhawks really could use on the back end, especially if he's able to keep up with the NHL pace. Uh, he's got a long reach. He knows how to use his size to his advantage. He's just got three seasons at BU being one of their minute-eating defensemen, so he's been getting tons of experience in all types of situations. Uh, he, he's got a lot of good assets to his game. The one worry that I've kind of read about from different um, scouting websites and sources and whatnot is the play with the the puck on his stick. It has been a a little bit of a concern so far. He's not the greatest outlet passer and sometimes has trouble getting the puck out of his own zone. Um, But, you know, hopefully that's an area that he's also going to be able to improve upon with Rockford or Chicago as he starts getting legitimate big time experience. Um, But I'm super excited to see what's going to be coming these next few years for Vlasic, where his game is going to go. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to leave Boston University after his junior season. I thought maybe he'd stick around and be a four-year player for uh, for BU, but um, I do believe the decision to make the jump to the, prof- to the professional level is the right call for becoming an NH- NHL player one day and hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, and Vlasic is actually supposed to arrive in Chicago sometime today and will be joining the team tomorrow morning for practice. And uh, I'm really curious to see, you know, are the Blackhawks going to immediately throw him into NHL action or uh, are they just going to give him some reps with the big guns, let him uh, kind of see what that level is all about and what it's like to be um, in the midst of an NHL season. and then go and send him down to Rockford to, to get some more experience. I feel like the latter is definitely the more likely option. Uh, but one thing to consider is 
I know this was a completely different regime. Jeremy Colleton was still the coach. Dan Bowman was still in charge. But we did see Mike Hardman last year basically go immediately from college right up to the NHL with the Blackhawks. So uh, we'll see what route the Hawks end up taking for Vlasic. But either way, I'm super excited about uh, this, this kid stepping onto the scene uh, and officially making the jump to pro hockey following his junior season at BU. All right. I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, March 16th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks right now on your favorite podcast app and go and subscribe on YouTube as well. Turn on those notifications and you'll be notified when the episode is uploaded each and every day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast as hosts. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And For any questions regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.